Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Jens Nelson. I'm Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. On today's episode, we're diving into a a fun topic. I mean, all of our topics are fun, but this one in particular to me, I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, It was inspired by a recent tweet that you had, Lucas. I'll I'll, I'll read that tweet here for our listeners. Uh, You said, really rediscovered the joy of music this week. Listening, discovering, collecting, good feeling. And I was like, man, that would be a really fun episode topic to talk about like the joy of music or um, almost like a, the transcendent nature of music. Um, I'm, I'm even thinking about just like the fact that you could maybe go weeks or months or even longer years having not heard a song and then a song comes on the radio and you know every single word. But if I were to like right now ask you, Lucas, recite this entire song, you might not be able to do it. At least that's sort of like how my brain works. Like I, I couldn't just rattle off all the words, but once the music starts going and you can hear it and it's playing, you, you can do it. So like there's this like this very weird thing about music. It, it, it's something that is, like I said, sort of transcendent. And um, so, yeah, I thought that'd be kind of a fun conversation. I sort of pitched it to Lucas as like, a, hey, we should we should chat you know, more in depth about this, uh, approach it from a theological perspective. How does music relate to the Christian life? Uh, if you've been around for a while, you'll know that one of our very early episodes, we, we talked about worship music in particular. We called it something about strange fire. And we talked about some of the problems with, you know, maybe theologically errant songs. Um, so that's, that's not necessarily what we're talking about here today. Like today, we're just specifically talking about music. So I don't know. What what are some of your thoughts here at the outset? Like, what what do you have to say? I know that you and I are both musical. You play instruments. We've we've played in bands and worship bands and on worship teams. Um, we both collect records. We love music. So, how did how did you envision starting this type of conversation? It's an interesting one, and I think like I, I'm curious to see how how. The th- you know, as we sort of develop our thoughts in conversation, how they overlap and differ. I, I think like what you said about the transcendence is a pretty like it's almost. Uh, you know, it seems like the kind of thing that a lot of people would agree on, even even if they come from different backgrounds or, or you know, perspectives or worldviews or whatever. I think that the idea that there's something, you know, about good music, music we like, um, that just touches something in our minds or our spirits or whatever you'd want to call it. I feel like a lot of different people could get on board with that kind of idea. That's pretty vague and it doesn't necessarily mean anything really substantial on its own. So I think that, you know, the deeper you go, the more interesting or the more, you know, directions you could take that kind of idea, which makes it kind of hard to know where to start, I think. At least that's you know, <laughs> kind of where, where, where I'm feeling. But I do think there's something really interesting about the way in which, and I don't think, and, and here's, you know, something kind of interesting. I, I don't think it's unique to music, the way that our, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to maybe say something like soul. I, I, you know, I don't really know exactly what I mean by that necessarily, but there, there's something that 
there's some some immaterial part of our humanness that I think is is pretty easily um, and and pretty frequently maybe we want to say impacted or affected or manipulated by music, which is which is interesting because it's just specific sounds arranged in you know certain ways that we have discovered sound harmonious when you <laughs> arrange them in that that way versus this other way where they sound you know discordant or whatever and so like i'm not going to get into like the nature of music because that would be i'd be completely just making stuff up i have i have no <laughs> out of like, your you element know, maybe you, out of my element big time like like musicology is not uh, something i've ever really heard anything <laughs> about that it'd be it'd be interesting to to, to read stuff like about that you know kind of a, on a deeper level like nature of music stuff but as far as the nature of how it impacts us I, I mean i mean everyone has songs they like you know even people who aren't that aware of specific you know music artists or genres or you know and just kind of hear whatever's on the radio or whatever like they everybody has a, has heard music that's good to them you know um and then they've also heard music that's they don't like so much and I think you don't even have to think about um, very deeply to think about the difference in experiencing even a song in the same genre or by the same artist that you like compared with one that you don't like. And it's it's a markedly different experience. And that's just purely on the basis of, you know, aesthetic tastes or the mood you're in or whatever. It doesn't even need to be a particularly meaningful song or connected to some experience or in the context of some kind of, you know, broader thing like worship or, uh, you know, some kind, you know, being at a concert where you've got the, the, the context of um, not just the music itself, but getting to experience the music in person and getting to share that experience with everyone around you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I know I've just touched on like a million different threads that we could follow in a million different directions. Um, those are sort of just like the, the whirlwind of thoughts that come to my head. But, but the thing that's most intriguing to me is sort of the way in which music and I, I, I want to say other forms of art, like visual art, even things like architecture, architecture, um, really, again, I don't know the right word for it. They, they, it manipulates our soul in, in, in a way that I think for me at least, kind of surpasses my vocabulary and my ability to speak about it. I, I just don't really know a more uh, tangible way to describe it. Than I mean, that word transcendence of, sort of keeps coming yeah. back. Like it is above and beyond even our human words in a way. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't want to focus too narrowly, you know, on, on like sort of just music as entertainment kind of thing. Um but again, even like there, there are there are songs that that I've heard that like just you know a snippet of in a mall somewhere, and then I go track it down, and I find you know a, a whole artist or a whole group of artists that I'd never heard of that you know there's no necessarily like I said deeper meaning beyond the just the aesthetic experience of listening to that music, and that is a unique experience in itself, you know, like you, you can't, you can't do that with everything, or at least 
I don't think you can. I don't know. There, there, there's this weird, there's this weird like multi-layered sort of multi-dimensional aspect to it that, like I said earlier, makes it hard to to know where to jump in. Yeah. So I've just kind of spewed a bunch of thoughts. I'm gonna kick it back to you and yeah, see if there's sure. any that you can kind of latch on to. Well, I, 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 I obviously we're we're the doxology podcast here, so we're we're a theological podcast. We we care about theology, the Christian life, and so I was like, well, what does the, the Bible have to say about music? And literally on the probably the first page, I guess maybe depending on your Bible, but I mean Genesis four twenty one, uh, it says basically that Jubal or Jubal Jubal was the fourth generation from Adam through Cain, and that he's the father of those who play the lyre, lyre and pipe. Um, so like even early in Scripture, like when we're talking about genealogies and what people do, their 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 crafts or their their uh, trades and their their crafts, their, the craftsmanship, the things that they are known for. I mean, music comes up, or we can think of people like David. I mean, like the majority of the Psalms, which are songs, it's it's Israel's hymn book, uh, are written and recorded by by David. Um, not only that, but he was the official musician in Saul's court. Um, during David's own reign, he organized Levitical musicians. Um, and I mean, just the, the Old Testament, as much as you get all those laws and rules and regulations, you also have all these uh, passages about, about music and musical arrangements and uh, instrumentation. And I think it just goes to show that like music is a, an integral part of the believer's life. And it is really interesting. I mean, I also would be incredibly out of my element if we started talking about musical theory. I mean, I would be my brother here if we were going to have a conversation like that. Um, but to, to think about music the, in a world that God created. I mean, God created this world with, with, with math, with rules, with, with science, and with music. And those things are all sort of interconnected. I don't know if you've ever, maybe, I bet our listeners have. I don't know if you have, Lucas. But I don't know if you've seen those YouTube videos where they like, where this guy like connects these like anodes or something to plants and you can hear the noises and the sounds that these plants are making and it's like musical it is like mind-blowing and he even does like different um i'm like forgetting exactly i should just show you the video but he he modifies either the light or some of the things that are going on and it like changes the the noise that the plants are making um and it's just like man this is like the rhythm of literally life it's infused into the existence of, of living things. Um, and so, like, again, I, I, I feel out of my element in a sense talking about it this way. Um, but it, it's at least safe to say that, like, music is a huge part of the, the believer's life. Uh, when we go to church, we, we typically, I guess, we open a service with singing, with songs, whether it's uh, a hymnal or a contemporary worship mix or whatever you whatever it is your church does. Uh, but you sing songs for a reason. It's not just because it's part of uh, your normal cadence and rhythm and it's just what you do. But it's like there's a reason that we have structured our liturgy the ways that we've structured it. Um, and so, you know, I mean, we th think about some of the other things. Um, I'm just kind of looking here. Um, so, you know, music is involved in events in the royal court during feasts. Um, there's even an, a connection between music and the supernatural. Um, think about like the trumpets sounding and the walls of Jericho coming down. Um, David played the harp to soothe Saul during demonic attacks in 1 Samuel 16. Uh, so it, th there is something, and again, I keep coming back to that word transcendent, 
because I don't, I, I maybe don't have a better word for it. Um, but th- there's something deeper than just the fact that like, this is tunes arranged in a certain way. Right. Um, I mean, think about your own life for a second. I mean, whether you're really into music like like we are, or maybe you're someone who just casually listens. Um, have you ever like gone back? Maybe like for example, last week for me, it was listening to the album "Sigh No More" by Mumford and Sons. Uh, it's an album that came out when I was in high school. I remember it being really influential, like changing some of my musical affinities at the time. Uh, but it became for a long time like I would laud it as my all-time favorite album. And I haven't listened to it in a while. I don't know how long it's been, but I, I put it on my turntable the other day and just like sat back. And first of all, I was almost it what felt like instantly transported back to 2012. Like I had like specific memories that I hadn't thought about in a long time that hearing Sino More and uh, uh, Tim Scholl and Thistle and Weeds and Awake My, Awake My Soul, like hearing those songs, I mean, it literally in a way like awoke something within me it awoke my soul in such a way that i was like man i'm having all these weird memories about this girl i used to date and about like high school and drama and like all this other stupid stuff and also like staying up all hours of the night playing call of duty because i often had it on my stereo behind me as i was gaming and it's just like super weird right like you can hear a song you can listen to an album and you're transported almost back in time it just has that effect or, you know, I don't know how, if you remember the band boys like girls. So like Lucas and I were just chatting about the, when we were young fest or whatever, this thing that's going down in, in Las Vegas and some of the bands that are going to be there. But the, the band boys like girls, they had that song, the great escape. That song came on a, a, a playlist that was randomly generated in my Apple music recently. And suddenly I'm like back in 2007 at my like childhood home swimming in my pool because that song came out that summer or whatever, or it was at least on a lot that summer, and it just reminded me of those memories. Like, music has this deep, just... I'm I'm too, I'm lost, I'm lost for words. It has just this, this deep connection to, like you said, our souls, to almost our inner beings, and it has this effect, this ability to to deeply move us, to remind us of things, and so translate that obviously i'm talking about just like bands that aren't necessarily christians or or worship music or anything but now think of what music can do in the christian life think of the i i i the some of the bands that come to mind for me are like um city of light or uh you know back in the day king's kaleidoscope and citizens and, and some of those bands like when i hear some of their music that that's something that is is also sort of uh, transportive. It, it takes me back to a certain time or place. Uh, but even deeper than that, it reminds me of our transcendent God who who created music and the ability to play music, to play it well. Um, and just the, yeah, the importance in even the Christian life today that, that music has. It, it's more than just getting up on Sundays and singing a couple songs, but it's meant to play with your affections with your emotions to to lead you somewhere to something to someone but yeah now i'm kind of curious since i've been rambling for a while what 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 you have to interject here yeah um i i think that that's that's the other place i wanted to go at eventually is is this idea um specifically use the word affections and 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 the uh i don't know if we want to say ability or maybe just inevitability just like the fact that uh music uh 
because, you know, perhaps because of this transcendent quality that we're kind of dancing around or, or perhaps that this is the nature of that transcendent quality it, it, is that it does lead our affections, like you said, to somewhere or to someone. And I think that there's this, there's this sort of, um, we might say double-edged sword or, or this sort of, you know, fork in the road here where we can go in two ways. And, and one, and really what I, what I, want to go to is is Augustine's confessions here for a little bit because I, I I vaguely remembered him talking about music uh, and I I thought it was in the confessions I found some stuff and um, you know like music was was in the early church it was really controversial like the use of musical instruments in worship I mean the the Eastern churches to this day don't have instruments and and there's there's like you might disagree with it, but there's like theological reasons for it. It's not just a random decision that, you know, accident of history, but it goes back to this idea that Augustine explores at a few different points here where um, it's getting at the significance and, and sort of wrestling with and recognizing the significance of music's transcendence and the impact that that has, or the effect that that has on our affections, right? And so there's this really cool little passage here. This is in book uh, 10, section 6, paragraph 8, I think. Um, at least that's how it seems to be notated in uh, the Oxford World's Classic version that I have. Um, but um, I'm just going to read a little bit of it because, and, and this is kind of also, he's getting at some things I mentioned earlier about like it not being exclusive to music, this sort of you know, effective transcendent quality. But he says, uh, my love for you, Lord, is not an uncertain feeling, but a matter of conscious certainty. With your word, you pierced my heart and I loved you, but heaven and earth and everything in them on all sides tell me to love you. And then skipping down a little bit. Um, when I love you, what do I love? It is not physical beauty, nor temporal glory, nor the brightness of light, dear to earthly eyes, nor the sweet melodies of all kinds of songs, nor the gentle odor of flowers and ointments and perfumes, nor manna or honey, nor limbs welcoming the embraces of the flesh. It is not these I love when I love my God. Yet there is a light I love and a food and a kind of embrace when I love my God. A light, voice, odor, food, embrace of my inner man, we could, you know, song, um, where my soul is floodlit by light which space cannot contain, where there is sound that time cannot seize, where there is a perfume which no breeze disperses, where there is a taste for food, no amount of eating can lessen, and where there is a bond of union that no sati satiety can part. This, that is what I love when I love my God. And I think I think that is, you know, beyond being very just rhetorically beautiful, I think that that passage is highlighting sort of, I, you know, fork in the road, double-edged sword, the, the ability of these things that we experience in the world, um, the you know, heaven and earth and all that is in them, um, music being one of that one of them and you know I think a, a significant one but definitely not the only one um, that properly speaking the the beauty of music the experience of you know I, I, you know partaking of music and whether we're talking about joining in singing with you know a choir or we're just talking about sitting back and listening to music performed um, it points us to God or it, it, 
it guides our love to God. It, it, it is part of it is part of the creation. It's part of the heavens declaring the glory of God, the creation bearing the, the stamp, you know, his fingerprints of God and whatnot. Um, it, it's part of that experience that we have. He mentions, um, uh, you know, scent or light, like things that we see, um, food. I know, I know food's another big one where it can kind of like send you back in time, like you're saying for me, like having a dish that I haven't had in a long time or something um, is like, whoa, I'm just kind of put back in time, like you were saying with, with certain songs. And, and all of those things are, are, are I think, different ways of experiencing a, 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 maybe not identical, but a similar kind of experience, a similar sort of immaterial spiritual so to speak like a like a soul experience in our souls that at you know when 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 put in its proper order is sort of a a tractor beam that that grat like sort of forces our attention up to god um i think that's the point of those things where the other side of that double-edged sword comes into play is that i don't think it's the only possible outcome you know, I, good food, good company, good music, uh, good art. I, I don't think that it is inherently um, directing our soul's affections to the love of God. I think that I think that's that's it's probably safe to say is is a large part of what those things are created for and why God gives us those experiences. You know, a, a, a verse that comes to mind is is. Um, one, it's in one of the Psalms, I can't remember, but um, uh, God gives man wine to gladden his heart. Like, that's not, wine isn't an end in itself, right? Like, or, or the the merriment that you can get out of, out of partaking in um, good wine is not an end in itself. But, but God has given that to man to make his heart glad, it says, and I think that this would fall into a similar category, right? That can kind of fall into the food category that Augustine was talking about. There's this, there's this bigger, there's this telos to it, this bigger end of, of guiding us to love of God, but that's not guaranteed, you know, like, like look at, look at gluttony, look at drunkenness um, and all the destruction that those kinds of um, addictive uh, behaviors centered around these good things that God gave us can lead to. Um, and I think the same is true of, of music. And I don't mean like, oh, you know, rock music is evil or, oh, you know, if music is, you know, written about something evil or inappropriate or sinful, then, you know, I, I, I mean more like even bigger than even sort of broader than, than that, um, you know, like obviously like, you know, your favorite Norwegian black metal band that sing songs about Satan, like, like, yeah, you know, don't listen to that. But like that, that, that's one thing. But like, I think on a, on a broader scale, we can, we can think about the ways in which it's, it's not like, like if we're sitting and listening to good music, it, it doesn't automatically bring us to God. There's, there's sort of this intermediary step we could maybe say that requires some sort of, some sort of transformed, um, you know, it requires us to be 
or you know be in the process of being transformed by the renewing of our minds you know not conforming to the world's image but christ's image and i think part of that allows us to recognize what music and food and art ought to point us to right it's when the heavens and the earth and all in the earth are are screaming at us to love god if we're not regenerated and transformed by the spirit then then it's it's easy for us to miss those things even if we're experiencing them but it if, when we are regenerated and transformed and and um it, you know sort of attuned to the presence of god in the world then i think that we can experience those things the way that they're intended right and i think that i think that this is kind of for me when i'm just sort of pondering you know what is it what does it mean to reflect on on music theologically i think that this is probably the most important place you know is sort of is sort of this this interaction that music has with our affections and the resulting um the the results that can occur <laughs> good or bad and and sort of then the next step is like oh well well okay so like how do you how do you go about having that discernment that you need to recognize it or 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 you know how do you how do you sort of with your will and your reason, how do you sort of, of, you know, control your passions and your affections so that they're not just running wild whenever they hear like a good melody or something. And, and, and that, those are big questions, of course, but as far as sort of the basic sort of bullet point, I think it's that, that idea of, of this, this transcendent experience is ultimately in its proper place, pointing us back to the love of God, because these transcendent experiences that are like, like, incredible and and magical and they 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 can really feel supernatural um in so many ways um there's there's a reason for that you know they they are participating these experiences i think do participate in the life of god uh insofar as they're created things that he that he gave to us and the fact that they're created means that they participate in him you know and and Mm -hmm. i think that um it's kind of that that core idea that I think when you try to explain it on its own, you just kind of get this vague, oh, it's kind of transcendent. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, it, you, you know, like, and yeah. that's kind of what we were doing when you, when we try to just think about it at like, it, it's this, it's, it's tough to grasp because mm-hmm. it's, be, because it's transcendent, you know, not, not to spin back around in circles, but, but anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of where my mind goes and, and oh, that good. passage from Augustine, I think, is helpful in sort of putting some words to an otherwise sort of ineffable experience. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's, I mean, that's basically similar where I was going. Um, I, some of the only other things I wanted to say is that, like, it's almost like a foretaste of what's to come. It, these, these, these glimpses, the, these maybe we'll just call them transcendent moments, whether it's with food or drink or music or whatever it might be. Obviously, like anything, we can take them and twist them and distort them and make them sinful. Um, but for those of us who understand them rightly, we can use them as like these foretastes of what's to come. You know, these 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 moments of joy, these moments of gladness, you know, wine to, to make the heart glad. It's not, like you said, the wine isn't the end in itself. That wine is but a foretaste of a joy that is far more infinite, far more joyous and pleasurable. And it's one that we are, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's a, I, (laughs) 
I, okay, hold on. I, this is I forgot about this the other day at work, and this is super funny because like I work in an office. One of my coworkers, she like kind of goes to church. I don't really know where she's at fully, but um, it, someone brought in donuts. And if you know me, I'm a diabetic. Shouldn't be eating donuts. Um, but if you know me, I love donuts. <laughs> so like, it's always this battle, right? And so what I what I typically do is I literally will take bites. Uh, like a a bite out of the donut like in the morning and i'll put it back in like a ziploc bag and like around lunchtime i'll take another bite so like it takes me three days to eat this donut and so like i turned to my coworker and i was like hey the kingdom of heaven is kind of like a diabetic eating a donut and she like looked at me and was like what the heck are you talking about and i was like never mind i didn't i didn't really go in to explain it to her but i was like thinking about it later i was like man yeah i mean it's like these little these 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 foretastes of something that's to come something that's so sweet something that we can't have in its fullness yet but something that we can we can still experience today maybe in some smaller measure anyway that was my really bad parable correlation but like i feel like that applies because you're you're talking about music you're talking about food yeah I, I just to me it seems like there's there's some sort of there's some there's something there where where these things that God has given us I mean think about it God has given us all of these good things all of these good gifts um, not to be used as ends within them you know in themselves but but to to point us to Him to uh, make us come back to Him as He's the gift giver we're, we're thankful for all that He's given to us and um, I don't know that's it, it's so cool. I mean, I, I like I mentioned before, I, I work at a record store, um, so I'm literally surrounded by music, whether it's CDs or tapes or records. And so it's, I mean, people are always coming in. You know, they're asking for music recommendations. They they want to talk about music. They play music. They want to sell their own music. Um, and so, like for me, as someone who loves music, who plays music, who's passionate about music. Uh, I, I love having these conversations with people. I mean, I, I think I've told you or I've, I've told somebody, maybe I said it on air even, but um, there's something about, you know, working in a store where there's almost like even instant gratification in the sense that, um, you know, I hear people having conversations like, oh, man, I found this album. I've been looking for it for two years or, oh, man, I, I loved this album when I was 16 and you know, some 50 year old guy. Um, like there's just like I've never really worked a job where everybody, almost everybody that you interact with, is like excited about what they're, like what they're purchasing. You know, I've worked in jobs like Office Max and retail. No one's like, oh yeah, Rima paper, oh yeah, toner, ink, and you know, nobody's getting excited about those things. Um, so to 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 be around people who are getting excited about music and and to see young people, there was this kid in yesterday who was like ten, maybe thirteen, somewhere in that range. And he was like buying a stack of records, and I was like, "Dude, awesome! Like, start them young." But, um, yeah, like especially in the life of a Christian, to to understand its place, to to know that God has even gifted men and women with the incredible ability to create some incredible music. I mean, think about all the classical musicians that you can think of. Think of um, your modern legends, like your um, your Bob Dylan's and your Joni Mitchells and your you know, whoever, these people who have sort of been trailblazers in, in modern music and um, like, sure, maybe they're not, maybe they aren't Christians, maybe they aren't using uh, the, the medium to its intended end. Um, 
but the fact that God has given people the ability to do that and create that and that we can then recreate that and use that and, and use it to God's glory. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing that ought to be cherished that ought to be, um, highly esteemed. I mean, it's, it, I don't know what else to say. I, 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 I love music, both playing music and listening to music. And if you ever want to talk about music, I would love to chat. That's, that's sort of where I'm going to drop this, this curtain. Yeah, no, I mean, it, that, that's all really good. I, I do like the donut analogy and I do think that there is something exciting sounds wrong, but you know, something incredibly exciting about these kinds of conversations that you're describing and, uh, these kinds of experiences that we get to have, um, that, that ultimately ought to be and can be, you know, it's, it's not like it's, you know, just a wish, but it is, it is truly, um, the case that it's, uh, it's a transcendent experience given by God to us for the sake of directing our love back to him. You know, I I mean, it is worship. I mean, it literally is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many other, like, like you brought up people's talents and, and the the place that that has in this conversation. We, you know, we, we haven't really touched on like, you know, defending the place of music in worship, you know, cause, cause that, that is something that could be challenged in, in certain ways. And, um, there, the, what I'm trying to say is there are other pieces of this conversation or other conversations connected to this that that are that are worth having um but i i do agree i think we've we've kind of put a nice bow on 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 sort of what we what we wanted to say today so i think i think with that we'll 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 sort of sort of wrap up um you want to pray us out sure and uh and then we'll 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 wrap it up for the week Cool. Well, I mean, as has become tradition of late, I'm throwing a change up on the prayer I'm going to do. Um, so instead of reading out, out of the Valley of Vision like I had planned ahead of time, we're going to read out of uh, Colossians 3. Uh, this is called, at least in the CSB translation, the Christian life. So Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience bearing with one another and forgiving another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, uh, dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Man, Colossians is just so good. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every time. Um, Well, thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. Um, If you'd like to connect with us, we are on Twitter at Doxology Podcast and always available by email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear feedback, questions, uh, ideas for future episodes. Drop us band recommendations. Um, Yeah, always. Like, yeah, I mean, that that should just be an an ongoing invitation. But um, no matter what, 
music you listen to or don't listen to, no matter what uh, feedback you do or don't share with us, we'd love to hear from you, and we will see you next time. Until Peace. then, peace.